When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have been a terrible week. Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Red. Jacob, the floor is yours. The floor is mine. Well, the floor also might be lava, uh, according to this episode. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we're getting volcanic eruptions, we're getting natural disasters up in here. Uh, it's It's wild. Facts, facts. But we are not alone today. We're in the presence of like esteemed, in my opinion, Avatar royalty, honestly, after (laughs) watching all her works. Jacob, you want to give our guest the introduction she deserves? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, I I love all of our guests, but this is something that is particularly exciting to me because we have a TikTok star, Lauren Hialani, who has made some incredible, incredible videos. Definitely check them out if you are a fan of Avatar. There's an entire avatar cross with Hamilton that, like, I didn't know I needed until I saw it. And then it became my favorite thing on the Internet for a long time. Uh, Lauren, how are you doing? Thank you I'm so doing... much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm literally, I'm so hyped. Thank you so much. <laughs> also, I just realized that I have a shirt version of the sweatshirt that you're wearing. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, I found this last week at a thrift store and I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Uh, I really would like to have this. And so, yeah. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, a lame-is. Lame yeah, yeah, for anyone yeah. listening. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, no one else can see it. But uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, this is this is like absolutely crazy because I remember like, I think it was AJ Zach on one of his first appearances where he was like, oh, you guys should have this TikTok creator on. And I was like, yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, never thought that it would happen. But Lauren, we're so happy that you're here. Why did you get interested in Avatar? Like, why is this a, a thing that you've been posting about? How is this a medium that you've come to love so much? Totally. So I I mean, like many of us, I watched it when I was a kid. Um, I guess I was seven to 10 when it was airing on TV. I don't think I watched season one live because I remember seeing it all out of order. But my brother and I started to really catch up during season two because I definitely remember waiting after Appa's Lost Days for the next Mm. episodes to come out. And then I definitely remember the hiatus before season three and the mid-season three hiatus. Um, So, yeah, definitely. I watched it live. And yeah, my brother and I and my mom, like, we all loved it. Um, back then and I've loved it ever since and so I was so happy when there was like a avatar renaissance um, during the pandemic so yeah 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 it seems like it came on Netflix and it just like absolutely started popping off uh, like got way more popular um, which is which is great for for the us because like we like talking about it and we like uh making content about it so yeah i mean this podcast started just because it got added to netflix basically so we were able to launch all podcasts out of it 
Lauren, I have a question for you. Who are your musical influences? Because I was I'm not big on Ooh. musicals in general, but I was watching your TikToks and you are such a talented singer, songwriter. You're amazing, man. It was always like blow, I was blown away watching them. So who are like your musical influences? <sighs> That's a good question. I'm, I'm, disclaimer, I am the worst with like, who's your favorite blah, blah, blah type questions. Oh, I'm always like, I have so many, but, um, gosh, I guess if we're going to specifically talk about musical theater, oh, I don't even know. Um, I'll, I'll say shout out to my mom who, um, is a singer and an actress. Like, she's always been a big influence for me. Um, nice. in terms of the, TikToks like Hamilton specifically has has been an influence. So yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda, David Diggs, like Renee Elise Goldsberry, all of them like have definitely uh, influenced how those videos turned out. Um, but God, I don't. Even, when I was younger, I was really into Alicia Keys. I think she was the first artist that I. But that wasn't like a Disney princess that I like <laughs> really liked and learned her songs and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Beyonce, you know, like I, I some basic things, but <laughs> I yeah. mean, good answer still. Good Hayley, answer. Like, Hayley Kiyoko, people. Janelle Monet, those those are some of my favorites. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's been it's been really fun to uh, like you know follow the TikToks. Also, the the TVA Atla, uh, or I guess <laughs> yeah. the TV Atla, I guess would be the I way think to say so. it. And, yeah, <laughs> the crossover of Marvel and uh, and like avatar like we're just crossing over all my favorite things but i'm like whatever sticks i just make things and then if the algorithm likes it i'm like oh cool <laughs> then i keep making it <laughs> very fair uh okay but important question before we get too far yes. so we know you love avatar but if you belong to one of the four nations what nation would you be a part of and why yeah so here's the thing when i was younger i really felt like i was a waterbender um mm. And it may have had to do with that's just the easiest one to like bend in the pool. You know, you're like, I'm a waterbender. <laughs> like, yeah, um, but rec yeah. <laughs> recently, and especially during like the Renaissance during the pandemic, I've kind of identified with the Fire Nation more, um, but specifically with fire bending. Uh, but when I just was talking to my mom about it, she was like, I think you're an earthbender because you're so like grounded. Um, and that's valid. But what I love about firebending and they talk about this a little bit in the Kiyoshi novels, which I will probably continue to plug <laughs> throughout this. Um, but that, you know, fire is life. Fire is creation. Like we definitely see its destructive force, especially in the main show. But like there's also that other side of it that we get to see in the firebending masters um, and in shadow of kiyoshi or maybe rise of kiyoshi they talk about how um like the other three elements are external and you're bending something that is outside of you but the fire is the only one that comes from within like you are creating this fire um and i kind of just like that idea and also when i was trying to justify it to my mom like an hour ago i was saying that like fire is kind of like humans first art storytelling situation like we all sat around these campfires for hundreds of thousands of years and we just told stories and that's yeah. what we're still doing it's just the fires are electronic and on our <laughs> computers so like yeah so i feel like that's why i identify with fire now nice. yeah 
Yeah, that, that that is a great answer. Like, uh, and it's a, a, it's a good reminder that like the fire is coming from within, uh, whereas like everything else is like you know things that they have to get. Except in the movie, uh, which I guess we don't oh talk about a ton. My but <laughs> God, <laughs> that's just another way that the movie has ruined it because the movie, the fire literally, does come from an external I'm, source. I can't so. like I that literally made my blood pressure rise. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm so mad thinking about that unnecessary <laughs> plot thing. He wants to bend fire from nothing. It's like literally episode one, boy in the iceberg, they're bending fire from nothing. Like that is correct. Not hard. Like please. Man, <laughs> watching that movie for the podcast was like torture. No other episode God. has been like a chore, but that like getting through that movie was rough, man. Yeah, well, you don't like Bajra of the Water Tribe, wasn't? wasn't oh, true, wasn't that true, true. That, that was pretty bad. Yeah, Bajra. <laughs> oh the Water no, Tribe. That, that I think that's uh, our least favorite episode. Um, I respect that. I, I'm I'm a very high rater of episodes, and like it's hard for me to be to really differentiate which ones mm-hmm. aren't as good. Um, but I, I I do respect that being that though though your least favorite. I, I totally respect that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. L- lots of, lots of fun avatar things to talk about, but we're here to talk yeah. about a good episode in its own right. Uh, you know, we, we should at least give it some, we should give it some attention. Like the avatar and the fire Lord is a very important episode in the series. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is one where we kind of get the, the foreshadowing and we get the setup for like Zuko's turn in season three. Like this is yeah. very important stuff. So, I'm excited to talk about this episode. I'm excited to talk about it with someone who knows so much of the series as well and can Yay. talk about like the, the intricacies. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Um, we start out in a dream sequence. Uh, Aang is chilling in his dreams. He's visited by Roku. Uh, Aang is also going back to his old stuff, uh, which I really appreciated. Like that mm, he's mm-hmm. back old wearing his airbender clothes. Because like in my dream... Like, I kind of have a picture of myself, and I look the same way no matter what. Uh, so, like, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I feel like you kind of forget that he doesn't have hair normally. It's like, oh, right, that's what Aang looks like usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because even, like, uh, in the intro uh, for the episode, like, he doesn't, like, he's got his, like, whole, like, firebender outfit. Yeah. But I'm just so much more used to seeing him, uh, how I'm used to seeing him. Um Anyway, we get Roku. He's like, yo, I'm going to show up. Uh, I'm going to tell you like... Uh, all Did he say it back. exactly like, like that? Yo, <laughs> I'm going to show words. up. Uh, I think that's what I had in my notes. Zach, did, did you have something else? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what I... I don't know if I had yo, I'm going to show up. But in my head headcanon now, that's, <laughs> yeah, how that's what he said. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what he said. Roku. I don't know. Like, should should we uh, clip it in and get what he actually said? Because I'm pretty sure it was quote. Uh, Yo, Yo, I'm gonna show, show up. <laughs> no, I think you actually. I think you were right, Jacob. I'm just misremembering. I think that's exactly yeah. what he said. Yo, I'm gonna here. Show up. Here, I'll go to the transcript. Uh, yeah, no, it checks out. Um, yeah, that, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on brand. For <laughs> anyway, he gets like it's this mission. It's like. Uh, he says, so first time he says, yo, I'm going to show up. Then he says, hey, uh, come through to my to my house uh, the, the day of the summer solstice. He does say summer solstice. It's very correct. <laughs> he <Yeah. does. laughs> it, it's off brand for everything else he says. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's the setup we get. Uh, Aang's got to go uh, to Roku Island. He's got to learn some stuff. Roku Island. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, nothing I've said has been that wrong. 
I don't know. No, yeah. it's true. It is Roku's <laughs> island. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, and I, I did want to point out, I love the symmetry of they met or like the first time they like hung out was like the winter solstice. And mm-hmm. now, even though he does see him like in the finale after this, like this is the last time they're really spending time together in the show. And it's at the summer solstice. So I love that like book ending. Yeah. Yeah. I had not made the connection, but that one, that yeah, that's yeah. that is a good connection between the, the two meetings. Um, yeah. Zach, do you have anything else about, uh, Roku's great appearance here? Any other notes, direct quotes you want to take from him? <laughs> no, no, no. I just think it's funny how coincidentally Zuko gets a note saying he needs to learn of his great grandfather's <laughs> demise. Like what a coincidence. These two things are happening at the exact same time. So <laughs> I find that funny. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this episode does kind of have moments like that where I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Real convenient that this happens at the exact <laughs> same time. So it's easy for storytelling purposes. Huh? Yeah. We can, although we can pretend if we want to, that they're not really chronological and that the show is cutting back and forth. Like, okay. true, you true. know, yeah. it's pot. Cause I feel like for Aang stuff, when they cut to the gang, I actually don't remember if it's daytime or nighttime, but Zuko seems to be all at night. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But but yeah, no, no if, it would be convenient if like <laughs> it was happening at the same time. Yeah, and I don't get too mad when shows do that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I get it. Sure. Like they want to make things work out, but it's always like, yeah, when, when that note rolls up, I, uh, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. It, uh, and it makes for some lovely parallels in this episode. Like the parallels between Aang and Zuko are so incredible. So like, fine, it's worth it. Fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good storytelling can take place over <laughs> yeah. uh, realism. Um, anyway. Yeah. So then, yeah, he gets this note. Uh, this note has a very ominous message. Like it doesn't really have enough details to make it clear what he's supposed to do. But yeah. the message itself is just very like, foreboding zach do you have it written down uh exactly i can do my summary of it uh no i just said in my notes it just says he has a note saying he needs to learn of his great grandfather's demise is that the terminology yes. they and use? i okay really quick like i i do want you to read it but uh sidebar i'm a big language nerd and i'm fluent in chinese and i'm a chinese teacher and so i went on the avatar wiki um, because they have every note, they have a transcript of it and a translation of it. And so for the notes in this episode, I found them on the Avatar Wiki. So like, I can also read them in Chinese as that, well. That is uh, like much better than, than like what I was going to do, which is like, say it from my memory in words that they would not have used, uh, which we know Zach is not a fan of. Do you have it? Uh, yeah, have yeah, it? no, I, I have it on here. So it says, 你是知道宗族? And Avatar Wiki roughly translates that to you need to know what happened after your great grandfather's demise. It will reveal your own destiny. However, like can just mean death. We can translate it to demise, but it doesn't quite it doesn't have to have that connotation of like bad hmm. demise, you know, like it can just mean death in general. Wow, so, I never, yeah. never would have guessed I'd get a Chinese language lesson, but here yeah. we are on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> Big language uh, nerd energy. Yeah, I love it. We <laughs> we have some talented guests. Uh, this, is, this is great. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of important, though, that it is Demise, because otherwise I think mm. Zuko would have had no clue. Uh, he would have just been like, he would have assumed that it meant like grand, great-grandfather Sozin, uh, mm. and I don't think he ever would have figured it out, so... 
Uh, I think it is like an important translation, uh, but interesting, interesting that they, uh, yeah, that they like made that choice. Um, yeah. So we, we then, uh, we leave Zuko for a bit. Uh, he's going to chill in his bedroom. Uh, we get the, you know, big giant cloud in the sky. And again, we see that they've mastered this this time. A few episodes ago, we saw the giant cloud in the sky yeah. that they were making too much noise. <laughs> this time they were silent. Uh, nice, nice. I liked it. I liked that we had some continuity here that they uh, that they didn't even mention. No joke from Sokka saying like that was better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They get there all silently. Um, they show up and they're like, hey, so we're at uh, Roku's Island uh, and Katara's like, but there's nothing here. And again, we have Cheat Code Toph who's here. She can easily mm-hmm. just tell exactly what's going on. She's like, exactly. no, I can actually feel that there's a village, there's houses, everything's just under ash. Again, without Toph, like it is so much harder to get anything done. Literally. <laughs> She's a lie detector. She can detect like huge villages underground. What can't the woman do? My goodness. Exactly. She's so talented. Almost as talented as Lord, honestly. Almost. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, to be fair, she cannot read signs. So actually, Lauren <laughs> is, is much more talented. <laughs> I feel like Jake, no, no, you no. have a blind joke on every podcast now. Oh, it's like my a God. Thing. <laughs> Rip. Rip. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. You know what? Well, actually, I was going to say next week I won't make one. But next week's the runaway. I'm going to make a ton. Ooh, There's a yeah, ton of good. You got it. You got it. It's right. And she makes them. If she didn't make them in the show, that would be a different story. But she literally makes them all the time. She loves, she get like gets a kick out of them. So that's why I feel like it's okay as fans to yeah. continue her jokes. <laughs> I think it's yes. okay too. I agree. There was the one episode though, I think it was the chase where Katara made one remark where I was like, ooh, I don't ooh, know about that. Yeah. Katara no, that was, was a little yeah. savage there, but yeah. Because it was a I dig, think, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. As opposed like a to a, a joke, like a fun. Yeah thing it was like a, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah also we like we saw Katara's sense of humor is like not great so even <laughs> yeah, her making a joke like I, I, yeah I'm not sure yeah. I totally like want her making jokes she can just like stick to being amazing <laughs> in every other way but uh jokes can yeah. be left to to other people <laughs> um anyway so yeah we see Toph like guys uh, is, is gonna be able to see everything here but before uh like anything else happens with the gang we go back to Azula and Zuko, and this is kind of a weird conversation between them, um, because like Zuko, like uh, or Azula's like kind of taunting him, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making a joke about his his uh, face burn. Uh, but then like Zuko's like, "Hey, like I need for you to tell me about great grandfather's history." And then Azula goes into this monologue about like, "Oh, well, this is exactly what happened with Sozin, like catching us up." Um, yeah, it was it was a bit weird, like. We got some lines that's like, didn't you pay any attention in school? Uh, like he died in his sleep. Cause like, obviously they can't just tell us that information without like telling us in some way, but the way they do, it, it's kind of like, Oh, like silly. You didn't, you listen. I don't know. Did it hit you as weird Zach or is, am I overreacting? Uh, I think you're overreacting a little bit. It's on, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. It didn't hit me that weird. It was just like Azula just giving the Cliff Notes version here, basically, and saying, yeah, he died peacefully in his sleep. I don't know. Didn't hit me too different, not going to lie. Okay. That's that's fine. Yeah. 
I'm fine to be wrong. Um, <laughs> it's an opinion. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's wrong here. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, anyway, like he he finds out that like you know okay this like demise that he just learned about was not Sozin. Uh, he doesn't really know what to do with this information yet. He just is kind of angsty and upset. Yeah. And I'm wondering if because I, I was rewatching it yesterday, and I'm wondering if maybe I feel like the first time I watched it, I felt like he didn't not think it was him but he kind of was just like is that really how he died like maybe he died another way but they covered it mm. up or something like and, and we don't know what he's thinking but that was like my head canon of his thoughts like hmm i like this is my only great-grandfather that i can think of you know like who's important so it has to yeah. be him but like is this is, is he did he really just die in his sleep there has to be more to the story yeah, that's a good headcanon. I actually agree with what you're saying. I think that's probably what, what the writers were intending for Zuko to be thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense, especially because, like, the Fire Nation does not have a good track record with uh, yeah. you know, people disappearing <laughs> in, in their sleep. Like, it happens quite okay. a lot. So, um, the other thing that's weird is, like, so I, I'm pretty sure that people have four great grandfathers, right? Did I calculate that correctly? Eight, right? Eight? Eight great grandparents, you mean? Mm, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Four, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. I was going so four great great grandparents. Yeah, yeah. I was going back and forth on what (laughs) the right answer was. I was a little bit nervous to say either answer on the podcast. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) So he says this whole thing, he realizes it's not Sozin. We'll eventually see that, like, this was referring to Roku, but, like, there are two other great grandparents that you yeah. should have been thinking about. Like, I, although I do feel like it's valid. Like, if your great grandfather is like a political leader, to assume that if you get like a note, which by the way, quick sidebar, how did Iroh send him the note? Like, I'm thinking, like, was it Serena Williams, like the the guard? <laughs> yeah, for, do if any listeners don't know, Serena Williams voiced the guard. That's nice to Iroh. Like. Was it, did she, how did, how did, I just really want to know how he got permission to write a note or dictate a note and who sent it? How did this happen? What's happening? <laughs> and invisible ink also, like for the yeah. other characters. We'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Yeah. That was, that was like a little suspect, but <laughs> yeah, so it, like it's not super clear to me how Iroh gets this note to him He's at in all. Prison. And, and like, Zuko's gone to visit other times. Like, I feel like Uncle Iroh could have just said something to him and been like... He does love drama, though. Like, I understand why. Okay. I just don't understand how. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I like that. You're like, no, I... He lives he does, drama. All yeah, of the Fire Nation people the drama. Maybe that's why I'm Fire Nation. They yeah. live for the drama. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very fair. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll quickly go back to the Team Avatar. Uh, it's yeah. like really quick uh ang like uh you know starts meditating he, he goes into the avatar state uh then roku's dragon comes and gets him they like smile at each other and then we go back to zuko uh i i did like the parallels that we saw between ang and zuko but there is so much cross-cutting yeah. in this episode as they're like setting it up that the first few minutes was were like uh, not hard to follow but like uh, it did give me quite a bit of whiplash. Uh, Zach, I know we've complained about this in a few other podcasts. Did you feel it in this one as well? Yeah, I did. I didn't like the pacing of the first half of this episode. I think once they just focus on the shared backstory in the second half of the episode, it gets mm-hmm. a little bit better. But yeah, that's one of my qualms with this episode. So we're in agreement here, Jacob. I hear that. Yeah, and and like I don't think it's like terrible. Uh, like they do it only a few times, but it's like 
these small scenes where it's just like, okay, we're going to get 10 seconds with this person and then we're moving on. It's like, no, nah, okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I get why it has to happen. I just, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so now we're back in Zuko's room and this is where we just get the, like, I guess the luckiest thing of all time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, Zuko, Zuko's reading his note. He gets upset that he doesn't understand what it says. So he throws the note. And as he throws the note, he happens to land it exactly on a lantern, revealing some hidden ink. Now, okay, I get, I will suspend my disbelief for a lot of things, but is this the craziest thing to happen in the oh, Avatar God. universe? Like, my brother so when i watched it yesterday i watched it with my brother mm-hmm. and my boyfriend i will be quoting them probably i told them i would share their thoughts my brother literally said i need you to write letters in invisible ink in the off chance zuko throws it on a lake <laughs> of frustration i need you to write this secret message on the back of this secret message like like what's yeah. happening <laughs> yeah because so uncle iroh dictating this note like let's just like talk this out so he's talking to this guard who likes him and this guard's like oh yeah like i'll pass this note for you yeah. and uncle iroh's like great don't only pass a note, but can you also go get some secret ink and please write down a secret note? And the guard's like, can I just tell him? Like, can I just go up to him and like whisper it in his ear? Like, like. I have a question. Isn't the note already secret? Why do you have to have a secret message within this already secret? I don't know. You know what I mean? The there are spies everywhere. In Friday, so I'll tell you. I guess. I, no I guess. I have it just got... It, yeah. It does not make So the secret history of the sages of the Fire Nation is hidden in the Dragonbone Catacombs. Okay. Yeah. That's a dope-ass name for a location, though. Dragonbone mm-hmm. Catacombs just sounds yeah. hella epic. Longgu <laughs> <laughs> Muku. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's <laughs> Yeah, that's actually that is true, Zach. I did not realize that Dragonbone Catacombs was such like a yeah. badass name. Yeah, um, and, and it sounds great in the the Chinese as well. This it sounds kind of like a Skyrim place. Like you must go to the Dragonbone Catacombs. Like mm-hmm. it, it feels very much video gamey. Um, so it. Lauren, actually, so you know uh, like Chinese, obviously, uh, yeah. as, as you've been saying here. Um, <laughs> were you upset when you? Or I guess you knew this. So hey, bye. Uh, which we've mm. talked about in the past. Oh my gosh, yeah. It just translates to black-white, which like <laughs> when we found that out, we were very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. I, like, it's very interesting. And I, I highly recommend that people watch um, Shiran J. Zhao's YouTube videos. They're, they're Well, they're not actually a YouTuber, but I guess now they are. Um, but they made these... Um, videos about like the new Mulan and why it was like bad but people Mm -hmm. liked that video so much that they started making videos about the cultural um, references in certain things so they have one video for each book of Avatar um, and they talk about that different stuff and so it's funny to hear it's interesting to hear their opinions because they're like from China and so some of the things are like this literally just means blah 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 like why is blah 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 I think for me, I found out that it meant black, white. Like I had seen the show before I started learning Chinese. So when I I made the connection at some point, maybe in like middle school or high school. So I was hype about it because like I made a Got connection. It, yeah. But I understand like learning about it like as an adult and being like, what? <laughs> this means black, white. But I mean, hey, the spirit is black and white. So yeah, <laughs> but it could have been something like xiong mao, which means like panda. Like it could have been. Bad or yeah. something, but yeah, hey, bye. Yeah. 
interesting choice. <laughs> it was just funny because like I, I mentioned to Zach and we were both like we were both like, well, that's kind of lame. Like we thought it'd be something cooler. <laughs> yeah, we thought it'd be something like epic, not something so simple and generic. But oh well. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, un- this is not a simple or generic note at all. Uh, the note yeah. that he gets with the secret message is like incredibly lucky. Uh, I guess maybe potentially Uncle Ira wasn't thinking that he was going to like throw it on a lantern, but maybe mm. he was thinking he would just like burn the note in anger when he didn't see it. And then, but what like, if it burned too fast and he couldn't read the secret fire message? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of ways oh, this goes man. wrong. We're in, yeah. like, this is like a one in 10,000 chance that he ever finds this out. But rip, big yeah. rip. We end up getting extremely lucky, uh, and Zuko is able to see the message. Uh, we then go to this temple, which is extremely cool. I'm a huge fan of the mm-hmm. Fire Sage Temple. Uh, yeah. It's got this giant courtyard, and in the middle is this really cool, like, logo looking thing. Uh, it's in the shape of, like, a flower with a Fire Nation. Uh, and the way that you like open it up is you send fire in into it, uh, and then it somehow like unlocks things. They un they like unfurl in a way, and then you like walk down this hidden passageway into the underground uh, Dragonbone catacombs. This is really cool. I was a big fan of this. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, it was amazing. The Fire Nation um, temple or whatever castle it is, it's gorgeous, honestly. Yeah, it was it was quite cool. Uh, not great for security, though, because the only thing that you need is, like, fire bending fire bend. in the Fire Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can do that. I have like, that exact thing in my notes. You think there'd be better security in this That's place, hilarious. honestly? Yeah, because like, so if this was like in an Earth Nation outpost, then like they're fine. Only firebenders could get yeah. in. But like, this is a place where like there's a pretty good expectation that people know how to firebend. So like, I don't, although I don't Zuko know about waits there for a long time, like the moon moves. Like, how long was he there? Yeah, yeah, he's like chilling behind a pillar for yeah. hours, like. Yeah. Uh, and then when he goes, like, there's no, there's no, like, clear trigger for why he ends up going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, I don't know why he didn't wait longer, I guess, uh, if he's waiting, but I don't know. Zach, do you, what do you think caused him to go? Mm, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here. I'm surprised he didn't get hungry <laughs> waiting for so long, to be honest, <laughs> or like need to use a washroom or anything like that. Because oh you're right, the moon moves. Like, he goes it at like moves. midday and then ends or enters at like dusk. Well, like, maybe that's what it was, actually. He was, like, waiting for a long time, and he's like, actually, I'm kind of hungry. Like, let me get this over with. Like, <laughs> that could be it. There you go. That's, that's a good yeah. answer. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then he starts going down. Uh, this does, in fact, have Bones of Dragon, so it is aptly named. Uh, he walks up to a very fancy sculpture. Uh, the sculpture is of Fire Lord Sozin, and we have another fire lock. Uh, you put your hand over their face, you send fire out of their, or sorry, you put the, your hand on their chest. You send fire out of their face and the door opens. Again, very cool door. I would love to have this door in my house. Or I guess yeah. not in my house because I couldn't get into it, but in <laughs> a house yeah. that I can see. Um, anyway, I thought this was like pretty cool. Uh, it's like nice to see the like, you know, Fire Nation mythology and see how this goes. Um Yep, so then we see uh, Zuko start to read the final testimony of Lord Sozin. 
uh, Roku starts to tell Aang, like, hey, let's go uh, check out my past. Um, Zach, did I mention about, like, the ghost that I want to be is the ghost of Christmas past? Yes, you've talked about it. Actually, have you mentioned that on a podcast? I think you have, yeah. I I think I did. I think this is, like, what Roku's doing. I think he is the ghost of Christmas past in this episode. (laughs) The ghost of Avatar's past. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Like literal goals. Um, anyway, <laughs> we switch. Uh, we switch to Zuko again, where they're uh, where he's reading from this like final testament. Uh, we can see that he's reading, uh, and we get the voice of Sozin here. Uh, I was a, I was a big fan of this uh, when I looked this up. The voice of Sozin is Ron Perlman, uh, who's like quite quite a talented actor. Mm. Uh, yeah, Ron I'm, Perlman of Hellboy fame. Yeah, he's a he's a great actor. Yeah, also uh, a voice in Fallout 3 uh, in, like, the credits. Probably not his biggest work, but (laughs) favorite thing that he's done. I love he does the narration for UFC events, and he does a really good job Mm. of, like, making the promo so epic there. So shout out Ron Perlman. Yeah. (laughs) This was a good voice. I think Sozin's voice, like, matches the sort of, like, energy I thought Sozin would have. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, anyway, then we get this, like, uh, yeah, so Sozin's reflecting on, uh, on his past. Um, we hear in his, like, uh, in his confessional that he's writing down, he says he remembers his friend and we switch to the fire nation, uh, and we go way back into this flashback. We see two firebenders dueling. Uh, we see, uh, you know, two people, neither of them that we know who they are. We presume one is Sozin. Uh, but then we like uh, get revealed that the other one is is Roku uh, because uh, Sozin is able to cause Roku to trip on a tree branch, winning the battle. And Sozin says, "Looks like I win again, Roku." Uh, Lauren, was this surprising when you watched this that this would have been Roku here? Or uh... um, I'm trying to remember like back to That's the first time. Fair. Uh, I feel like maybe as a kid, it's possible that it had been surprising. But I feel like if I was an adult watching it for the first time, I it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have been like a stretch. Like maybe I wouldn't have predicted it, but I would be like, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like that the way they do the reveal, because it's not oh, like, I love it. It's not a huge reveal, but it is like, um, yeah, like it is like an, an interesting yeah. way to just like kind of say the name. Zach, was this surprising to you? Uh, I'm I'm te- I'm trying to th- I'm doing what Lauren did. I'm trying to think when I first watched it because yeah. now it's not too surprising. Haven't rewatched yeah. it a million times. But, yeah, I I think I was definitely surprised. Uh, yeah, I also I like the way that they were like fighting um, and like Sozin was able to see like oh I'm gonna get him to fall in the tree branch. That was clever. And also how he lifts him up. Roku gives him his hand and he helps him up. A parallel to the end of the episode when he reaches out his hand. And, and he doesn't help him up, and then he, spoiler alert, does not make it out. <laughs> yeah, Sozin gets the better of him in this little sparring match, and it will get the better of him at the Four end of the episode, sadly. wing. Yep. I have foreshadow. I have that in my notes. Foreshadowing for <laughs> the end. Wow. You guys are you guys are picking that up. Now that you say it, it makes so much sense, but I, I did not catch that whatsoever. Uh, crazy. Yeah, Avatar's great with all for all the foreshadowing yeah. stuff. They yeah. do such a good job with that throughout the whole series. I feel like even episode by episode. Yeah. Yes, that sure. is very true. Uh, I did like the Aang's reaction. Aang was like very surprised and like like a little confused. Even like you were friends with the Fire Lord Sozin. Yeah. Uh, 
And then it was like cute to hear old Roku be like, he was my best friend. I was like, yeah, he was. Like, oh, you guys are such good buddies. And I, okay, I have to mention this here at some point that it is my headcanon and many other people's headcanon that. So here's the thing Roku and Sozin, for me, give very much Dumbledore Grindelwald energy. Like okay. in in yeah. the plot, it all kind of makes it. Roku is very Dumbledore-y. Yeah, Sozin is very Grindelwaldy, and so because of that, I have a headcanon. I'm not saying it's canon; it's my headcanon. Um, that Roku and Sozin may have been into each other or almost into each other as teenagers. I don't think anything ever like came of that. But I just think that if that was so, then the like the stakes for the rest of the episode are so much higher. And so, like again. It's just my headcanon, but like if you read the rest of the episode through that lens, it's so interesting. Yeah, I like you know, I'm here for it. I think uh, <laughs> there's no reason that it like there's no evidence that it didn't happen. So like Exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah. And also in Turf Wars, uh the first Korra comic, um, Kaya is telling Korra and Asami about LGBT people in the four nations. Like she has this mm-hmm. whole speech. And when they talk about the Fire Nation, she literally says that Sozin implemented homophobic policies after that and so a lot of people are like mm, he was salty so then he made like homophobic yeah. laws after that he was just again like, interesting headcanon that's yeah, a very no, interesting headcanon because you're right it raises the stakes for the whole episode and that's why i kind of like this headcanon yeah. yeah yeah all right well. but anyways i wanted to throw that in there at some point. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I think this is the, the perfect time to do it because this is when we get Sozin like uh, trying to get Roku to say something to the girl that he likes. And it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, like I kind of like reading it as like, yeah, he was like always there. He's like, he'll later be his best man. But like if there was like that little tension between them, like uh, I'm yeah. here for it. It's like, like interesting. It. Just yeah. adds a little flavor. Exactly. <laughs> um, Anyway, the uh, the one line that I really like here is so we see like uh, you know Roku being a little bit embarrassed. Uh, yeah, you know, so cute. He's, he's a kid. Uh, that's how yeah. it goes. He says, "Love is hard when when you're young." And Aang's like, "You don't have to tell me." And it's, just, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like, bro, you are twelve. <laughs> but, he, but he like he feels it so strongly. Like I Aang know, really feels true. the emotions. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like middle school is that time where everything is so big and so important. Like your crushes are like these huge, and and Ang is out here literally saving the world, and yet his crush on Katara is still like at the forefront of his mind. <laughs> it's so yes. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny whenever you have like people with such immense power. Like Ang literally is the Avatar, and then he's like more worried about like you know does he embarrass himself in front of Katara rather than like, is he going to be able to take down the fire Lord? (laughs) It's hilarious in dreams and nightmares when he's having the hallucination about (laughs) Katara. And he's like, baby, you're my forever girl. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what is happening? Oh, it's a dream. Okay. Got it. Oh my! Oh, yeah, man. that that's gonna be a fun one to podcast, Zach. That that episode's just gonna be like uh, wild. I'm excited. Um, Anyway, so now they get to go to a party, uh, you know, party hardy. Uh, they find out that uh, Aang is like, uh, Aang's like, whose party is it? Roku lets them know that Sozin and him not only are besties, but they also share a birthday. Yeah. Um, is this how they became friends? Because it's actually not clear to me how, like, Roku and Sozin are friends at all. Because, like, 
Sozin's a literal prince. And like, obviously yeah. once Roku's like, once he's the avatar, it's like, okay, fine. That makes sense that they would hang out. But before that, like, how did these people meet? Maybe Roku's family was like distinguished in like, I don't know, close mm-hmm. to royalty or like high profile in the Fire Nation. At least that's my yeah. head canon. Like kind of like how May is the daughter of a governor. Yeah, maybe something exactly. like that with Roku. Because that that's the only thing that makes sense. I yeah, feel like, like maybe they went to whatever the equivalent of the fire academy for girls is for boys like maybe they went to school together and then like became friends at school or whatever yeah because they would be this exact same age so yeah exactly okay. and they were like oh my birthday is blah 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 oh so is fine <laughs> like who knows <laughs> okay yeah i like it also i i think that that is the correct name it's a fire nation academy for girls for boys that that's, <laughs> that's the I name of it that. i love it head cannon accepted <laughs> <laughs> you got it exactly right. Uh, anyway, okay, yeah. So I guess that makes sense. But also, if someone had my birthday, maybe I'm just petty. If someone had my birthday, I would not want to be friends with them because that means I'm sharing a party. No, literally, I remember in lower school, literally, there was a girl. I don't, she didn't even have my birthday. Her birthday was just in July, really close to mine, and I was salty about it. And I'm like, like now, I'm like, why was I salty about it? <laughs> what? What? I mean. That's the type of thing that matters when you're young. Like, you exactly. know, Aang's worried about Katara. Like, I'm worried, like, well, is my birthday party going to be the best birthday party of that weekend? <laughs> yeah. um, I got lucky. Know, I... Like... Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Jacob. Say. My bad. Didn't mean to interrupt. I got lucky. I had a friend whose birthday was the day after mine. So then I would just, I'd have my party. And then the next day we have his party. So it was yeah, nice. Two parties right away. Sorry. That works out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, we go back uh, to this party. Roku and Sozin are walking down the stairs, and Roku's just like not uh, a very stable person. Uh, he sees his crush in the crowd, and then uh, is not able to walk. Uh, he trips down the stairs, literally uh, falling. Rude. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but Sozin like quickly gets them, uh, keeps them from like completely uh, wiping out, uh, and they all like uh, start laughing. Then everyone gets really serious. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, my brother was like, "If only I had let him fall." <laughs> like, yes, so funny. Wouldn't that have been terrible? Like the fire stage is like, <laughs> finally, we can announce who the avatar is, and he just like, like eh. falls and like <laughs> <laughs> rip. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Um, Anyway, a bunch of the fire sages roll up, uh, and then Sozin uh, is, like, worried. He's like, did something happen to my father? Which, like, very reasonable. I feel like the fire sages could have been a little bit more delicate. Because they're like, no, we're not here for you. And it's like, okay, but expected value is that they are here for him. So, I don't know. Be a little nicer. Also, for Hamilton fans, we're not here for you. Ooh. Ooh. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Just had to throw that in there. If I'm here for Atla and Hamilton. Gotta gotta bring in the Hamilton references. <laughs> I I absolutely love it. Uh, uh, yeah. So then they uh, yeah they they have their big moment. They say we're not here for you, uh, and then they announce the identity of the next avatar. Uh, they all decide to start bowing, uh, and they say like, uh, "Hey Roku, uh, you're our guy." Again, direct quotes. <laughs> direct quotes. I love these direct quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them going. You know, I take copious notes. Uh, I, I, I write them down. <laughs> I write them down exactly. It's why I watched the episode oh twice. Um, 
anyway, so then we see Roku. Roku's like freaking out a little bit uh, because obviously, you know, this is some yeah. big news. Uh, and everyone starts bowing, including Sozin, who also bows, uh, which I, I kind of liked that he was like immediately like realized his place and was like, oh, this yeah. is, you know, important. Um, oh, I have a quick sidebar that I meant to say in the portrait gallery, but this is a fine place to put it in. So in the shadow of Kiyoshi, we learn that the portrait gallery used to have all the fire lords on one side and all of the fire avatars on the other side. And each fire avatar was directly across from the fire lord that was like the fire lord when they were the avatar um yep. but not to spoil shadow of kiyoshi someone comes in and bends the paint from the fire avatar side and ruins all the paintings and like uses it to attack them but like so that's why there aren't any fire avatar paintings because when i first read it i was like there aren't any paintings on the other side but it's because they're not there anymore but i bring that up because I wonder if Sozin had grown up looking at the portraits of the fire avatars and also their like relationships with the fire lords. I wonder if he would, if Sozin would have had more respect for the position of the avatar if he had grown up looking at those portraits. Like he probably still would have done everything that he did, but I wonder if he just would have been more hesitant and like respected the avatar more. I don't know. Really interesting. No, that's yeah. a good theory. Yeah, that that is uh, like it is very interesting. I've not read uh, like all the Kyoshinamas. Zach, you have. Um, like, what what are your thoughts on like uh, on that? Like, is that like do you think that we could have gotten like a different path had that not happened? Well, the thing is, he does respect the Avatar though, because he wants to use Roku's power mm. to take over the nation, right? That's true. So I'll push back on that a little bit. Yeah, cause... no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's valid. Yeah, um, but very, very interesting, uh, like, background stuff. Yeah. Um, so then we, like, we continue on here with Sozin and Roku. Uh, we hear that they're going, uh, that Roku's going to leave. He's going to, you know, become, like, a, a proper avatar. He's got to travel the world to master the other elements. Uh, we see Sozin, like, go into the room. Uh, and this is, like, a really nice scene between Sozin and his close friend. Uh, they're talking about, like, oh, like, you're not packing up. Uh, which is like, you know, funny because uh, we're about to hear that like uh, he's not allowed to have any worldly possessions. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> then we, b- before that, we get to see Sozin do something that I did when I was a kid, like probably all the time, which is pretend to bend all four elements and just like fling my hands. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It was so relatable. I saw Sozin like you know jumping around, just like pretending to bend. And I was yeah. like, "That's literally That's me." What we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I did that all the time. Um, anyway, so then uh, we get some realization from Roku here, where he realizes like, "Oh, you know, things are really going to change now that I'm the Avatar." And I I like that we see this because you know, we saw Aang have this bad reaction uh, mm. and, like, not want to take on the responsibility. It's kind of nice to see Roku, the person that we've seen as the responsible one, go through some of the same sort of thought process of, like, mm. you know, this is too much for me. It happened too fast. Uh, yeah, I, I like seeing yeah. that. I agree. Sure. I did have a question, though. They do this, like, pretty frequently. They announce new avatars. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is the best way to do this? It seems like every avatar that's told they're the avatar is not hot is not happy about it. Is there well, a better way? 
I don't know if there's a better way, but the thing is, they just haven't mastered it yet. Like, they actually, <laughs> again, not to spoil the Kiyoshi novels, but yeah, the oh boy, of them, oh boy, they actually they get the wrong guy. They get the wrong guy. Yeah, that that yeah. is like the start. And it's it's not too much of a spoiler because that is like the, that's like the first kind of or inci- yeah. inciting incident. Yeah, that they don't find Kiyoshi at first. Wait, I, I, so, I'm actually very curious. So, uh, yeah, listeners, skip forward like two minutes if you. Don't want to hear this. Uh, can, <laughs> yeah. can, uh, can you explain the, the situation? Yeah. So, you know, and yeah. what's so cool about it is um, they you learn about how the different nations do it in different ways. So it's actually just the air nomads that use the toys, and then you pick those four toys, and you're the avatar. In the Earth Kingdom, they use these. I think they said hexagrams or something like that, some kind of thing, like um, and that narrows down the location to half of the Earth Kingdom. Then they do it again, and it narrows down to a quarter of the Earth Kingdom. And they do it again, and it narrows down to an eighth. And they keep doing that until they literally find the doorstep of the Avatar. But when they tried to do that after Korok died, it didn't work. And so there were like seven years when no one knew who the Avatar was or where they were or what was going on. So all of Korok's companions were just like scrambling. <laughs> um, and so then as a last, this is all in, literally in the prologue, so it's not yeah, a horrible yeah. spoiler. Um, as, a latch dis, di, as a last ditch resort, um, one of Korok's companions, Kelsong, who's a monk, um, he borrows the airbender toys um, and they go to a little town in the Earth Kingdom called Yokoya um, and they try it out on those Earth Kingdom children. And I won't say any more, but they, that is the first way that they try it. That ends up not even being the way that they find the wrong guy. But um, yeah, so it's really interesting. And I and they don't explain or i haven't finished shadow of kyoshi yet but so far they haven't explained exactly how they determine the water and fire avatars but presumably it's something else completely different as well yeah like i've always thought that the toys were a weird way to do it uh it doesn't make a ton of sense to me but i have to say that just like splitting the world iteratively in half makes less sense (laughs) (laughs) because the way they explain it is like the earth kingdom is so large and so like we have to narrow it down and blah 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 but i don't know it also i guess it is precise but it feels time consuming but i don't know (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yes it feels very time consuming yeah Yeah, Yeah. i don't know uh i'm trying to think of the best way to do it like i I don't know. You ask him to bend all four elements like that. It kind of seems but like you the can't best way. ask every kid in the Earth King. And that's the problem. Uh, yeah. And they also, big. yeah, even when they're a kid, yeah. they don't even know they can bend all four. Yeah. Elements, so. Like Cora yeah. is. Yeah, Cora. Yeah. Cora's like, an <laughs> forget her for a second. Like, <laughs> no one else did that. <laughs> that was so funny in Cora, how they like I'm reveal. You yeah, exactly. Oh, my so goodness. Funny. Anyway, okay, well, uh, clearly they've not mastered how to tell people because they are really upset about it. Uh, but yeah. Sozin is a great friend. Sozin is able to comfort Roku uh, and gives him a royal artifact, which is uh, his, a little headpiece in his hair. It's like uh, it's got fire on either side, and then there's like a little uh, stick that you put in one in one side, and then it holds it together. Is that at all a good description? I don't know how to. Describe yeah, that was it. a good. That was a good so. description. Yeah, yeah. great. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anyway, it's supposed to be like worn by uh, the prince, but instead Sozin gives it to Roku. Uh, he takes this like thing in his hair. Uh, he puts it in his own hair and, and there you go. Uh, 
then we we get a quick little scene um, with the rest of the team Avatar. This is pretty much all we get from them this episode, and it's really just a joke back to season one. Bathroom, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I wrote in my notes all caps. Bathroom, LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> Like it is I funny. I do like that they go back to it because Katara asks, uh, "Do they have bathrooms in the spirit world?" And Sokka's know. like, "Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah." Um, How does Sokka know? Is it because he went to the spirit world? Yeah, no. It's he literally, and they ask him in um, season one. Oh God episodes. Six. I know it's the episode with like Jacob. It's the one with the Legend of Zelda NPCs, right? Yes. Oh it's my like God. Season one episode like. Eight or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, and it's it's the part two of that one. And yeah, yeah when he comes back out of the bamboo forest, he's like, "Oh, I got a pee." <laughs> and so, like, that's like our first um, yep. acknowledgement of the lack of spirit world bathrooms, which makes sense, I guess, if your like physical body isn't technically there. Yeah, I agreed. Like, it it makes yeah. a good amount of sense. Yeah. Uh, it's just funny that it comes up again uh, here. <laughs> And honestly, I will. I don't know why I think this is so funny, but I love that his equivalent in the spirit world of him squatting is sitting on the dragon. It cuts to him <laughs> on the dragon in the same position. I don't know why it's so funny. Yeah, I, I actually meant to mention this. So, like, I'm very confused because we see him in the real world, like doing the thing where he's like sitting down. And, and other points where like people are moving in the spirit world, their their bodies aren't doing the same thing. Yeah, like, like I don't know how he's managing to control this, and maybe it has something to do with his chakras being open, and I don't know. But like he, I think that it's still separate. Like I don't think he was walking on the dragon in the spirit world when he walked over to squat. But it's it, it. You're right that it's so interesting that he can actually, maybe subconsciously, control his physical body even in the spirit world. Because usually you really can't. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. Question oh, mark well. platform. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was also funny, so I don't. Oh, really it's mind hilarious. It too much. Yeah, it's One a plot hole at the expense of a good joke. So yes, yeah. worth it. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, then we see Aang uh, on the dragon. They're going to the Southern Air Temple, uh, where we find out that Roku spent his first uh, years on his Avatar journey. Uh, he learned yeah. the uh, yeah he learned how to airbend at the Southern Air Temple, and we realize that he was friends with Monkey Atso, uh, yeah. who's Aang's good friend. Uh, obviously, like uh, a bit older for Aang, but uh, here, like we see, it's Roku's contemporary. And we learn uh, that yeah. friendships can transcend lifetimes. Ew. <laughs> 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 um, I I did like that. So like Monkey Atso looks like all of the other kids uh, in the airbending <laughs> school. The only way I could tell him apart is he's the one who's like continuously smiling. It's, yeah. it's literally oh, the only that's feature. So sweet. Yeah, uh, I was like, "Wow, what a wholesome guy!" Cute. And we were wondering. Poke. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say something dumb. Continue, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, re the the air surfing, we were yeah. wondering mm-hmm. if this is the move that got him his tattoos. Because you have to, for any listeners that don't know, you have to invent an airbending move to get your tattoos. That's that's. I need to double check that because I don't think Janora invented anything. So that's where I'm questioning that. But like, as every time that I've looked this up and heard about it, you have to invent a move. And so we're wondering if like, was it air surfing? And also, he never shared that with Aang because Aang would have like told us. 
So maybe yeah. he was going to, but he just thought he was too young. Aang would have loved to air surf so much. would have loved it. I, I, I am pretty sure that it is a requirement to uh, to get your tattoos. So. Potentially, like, maybe they stopped doing that, like, post-Aang. And maybe. that's why Jamara that has sense. the tattoos. Like, it, it Less requirements because, you know, fewer air nobodies. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be less strict because otherwise, yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. I like that. That makes me feel better. I like that headgear. What was Aang's special move again? It was his air scooter, right? Air scooter, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. And how old is Gyatso if he was friends with Roku? You know, like that's old. I know. I did kind of want to check that because, like, Monkey Yatsu actually doesn't look as old as even like uh, Avatar Roku does. Um, yeah. Like at the at the end of this episode, so like I'm a little suspicious of that. But Very hey, it was good for the story. But in the yeah. Avatar universe, to be fair, people can just live to extraordinarily old ages. Kyoshu lives to like 200. Uh, yeah. Boomy is like 112 when <laughs> Boom, <ends>. like literally. <laughs> and Boomy's like and, yoked at 112 too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Guru Patik feels like he was alive potentially before the genocide so it's like how old is he like is yeah, Aang's yeah. age That's... like what's his deal and how did he escape the genocide sidebar anyways I, I these know. are great questions <laughs> <laughs> these are my brother and my boyfriend were like write this down and i'm like yeah i'll mention <laughs> how did this we, I mean... we actually and my mom as well like the four of us had a long talk and th- we can bring this up at the end of the episode we had a long talk about um how did sozin know that he didn't find the avatar after killing everyone but that's that can be for the end of the episode but like interesting question. i actually had the same thing in my notes i had a theory but what well, 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 we can get there yeah. uh later nice um anyway so then we see like uh yeah monkey Azzo, he tries this air surfing he then falls off of air surfing <laughs> and is only saved by uh having Roku catch him. Uh, but then uh, apparently you can't have two airbenders to one, like, uh, you know, staff. And so they come crashing down, uh, which I thought was quite fun. Uh, and then, like, Roku's hair is in his face. So Monkey Azzo kindly, like, uh, you know, lifts it back for him, which yeah. is a very Aang move. Like, that's exactly something that it Aang is. would do. And it made yeah, me happy wow. to see. This is making me right. emo, you guys. <laughs> It's just so sweet and wholesome, and uh, he's gone. Like, uh, but it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. yeah, um, yeah. And then we get this like cheesy line where it's like, some friendships are so strong they can even transcend lifetimes, which is it's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you didn't like that line, Jake? It was fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it was cheesy. I have I'm okay comments. with cheesy though. Yeah, I have comments about it for when they repeat it at the end, so I'll I'll come back. To okay. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we also see that now uh, Roku's going to go to the Northern Water Tribe. I also like noticed that he's like changing uh, his outfit every time. Uh, yeah. He's, like, moving to the different outfit, which is like not only respectful of the people that you're with, but also like cool to mark like where he is in his journey. Yeah, uh, so I appreciated I that. There's some uh, then, too. Yeah, very true. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he he shows that he's mastered water bending, uh, and when he goes to the Earth Kingdom, he has the outfit of being completely jacked because uh, it's like every <laughs> it's Earth <true>. bender. <laughs> every Earth bender is just Funny. very strong. It's part oh of the uniform. And his Earth bending teacher, I didn't know this. That's the Earth bender in the pro, in the intro. 
I always yeah. thought it was the boulder for some reason, <laughs> but it's literally Roku's earthbending teacher. <laughs> it does kind of look like the boulder. Uh, it does, thank you. It does. <laughs> but yeah, yeah they, they might have used the same character design they twice. <laughs> um, it's very you know, possible. <laughs> they do good. They, it's a good show. Yeah. Uh, they can use the same character twice. But yeah. Um, anyway, they uh, yeah, he is uh, the one that we see at the at the beginning in the intro Ooh. here. And my uh, brother had a comment that um, when they're like earth surfing up the, the <laughs> mountain, I don't know what that would be called. Um, the music that's playing in the background is like kind of the most generic Earth Kingdom theme. And it's the one that plays when they first see Omashu. And so that's just oh. an interesting fun fact about the music. Nice. That is very interesting. Yeah, the music in Avatar is so good. We really don't oh. give enough like credit to how good the music is, but it really Incredible. is incredible. I love the music and like the sound effects. Like Azula has one, and they had it earlier when she meets. Yeah, it, where it's like the they always have the Azula <laughs> sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good yeah. That one. could honestly be an entire podcast. Just the musical motifs in this show that literally uh, yes. could be a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, might might should be. Um, I also like how like at each stop that he has, uh, we see like some clever things that he's doing. So like yeah. when they're like going up and earth surfing, uh, as you put it, Lauren. <laughs> like when he beats him to the top, the teacher's like so proud of himself that he won. Uh, but then Roku's like just sitting there drinking some tea. <laughs> That's like yeah. a classic move is to beat someone by one second, but then pretend you were there for so long. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. What, a, what a classic move. Classic. Um, anyway, we go back. Uh, Roku now has, like, you know, mastered the elements. We switch to Sozin's perspective where he hears, uh, where he has, uh, actually, he sees Roku again, uh, this time as a fully real, realized avatar. Uh, Roku walks into the, uh, into this, like, uh, throne room and uh, greets him and he says, like, hi, Fire Lord. Uh, Sozin, like, has one of these. Oh, sorry. Verbatim. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much that, right. Hey, that's what he said. That's what he said. Um, oh. Susan has one of these moments where it's like, uh, it's like, oh, usually I make my subjects bow before greeting me. But for you, you're the exception. These like very rarely throw me, but I thought this one was pretty cute. Like, I like this yeah. one where like we get Susan. It's like, oh, is yeah. he bad already? It's like, nah, he's still good. Yeah. And then it makes it even worse when like the next time they meet after the colony thing, like it's like, oh, now he is like, I'm your fire lord. You need to show me. And it's he's serious. And it's like, ah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's it's sweet because so we see like, yeah, after these years, like even though they were separate, we're still in the the good part of the story uh, before everything goes, uh, goes (laughs) to, you know, yep. Rip. Uh, <laughs> anyway, like Roku says, like he's my best best friend, and he was his best man at the wedding. Uh, and then Aang is so cute. Aang's like, Roku, it's that girl who didn't even know you were alive. <laughs> and it's like, she yeah, you, blushed you, when you, he looked at her. Also, you're right. They were That's like a, sixteen. You're yeah. right, Lauren. She did blush, so she which him. isn't a necessarily doesn't mean anything but she knows he's alive <laughs> but yeah <laughs> also he's the avatar like okay literally like, after that day like maybe even like until he was 16 like sure he she may not have known him after he's 16 every single person in the world knows who you are you're the uh-huh. avatar 
Also, not to bring up the movie that shall not be named, <laughs> but a whole big thing in the movie that they had to like give Aang another reason to run away besides just like being stressed. They had to make it, and I only remember this because my brother told me about it. Um, he was like, oh, they said the Avatar couldn't have a family. And so I ran away, which is the dumbest thing ever, because not only does Aang canonically end up having a family, mm -hmm. but Roku in this scene is encouraging Aang to have a family and like and, and telling him like being the Avatar like can help with the ladies. Like literally, uh, why would they add yeah. that? It makes me so bad. Yeah, that movie was so full of shit part of my <laughs> life. It just, it just that's, pissed me off. It's worth using that word. So yeah. That's how it on, on that podcast, I cussed so much. I, I didn't have the words <laughs> to describe that movie. They were just oh, vulgarity. Boy. That's the only way. Okay, but at least we had uh, Josh and Kevin there to, uh, to like, join in the anger. Oh, yeah, I do think... I do think that, like, yeah, okay, so the movie, it's even worse because, like, this is a very important thing is that, like, you know, Zuko and, uh, like, Aang share this connection through Roku. Mm -hmm. Like, how are they going to retcon that in, in, uh, in, like, movie three where they're like, oh, no, actually, uh, you know, these people are related in this weird well, they way? They will not be retconning it because, God willing, it will not exist. So they won't have to <laughs> <That's> retcon it. <fair. laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, then we switch to to Sozin, who says one of the most sinister things ever. He's like, uh, on wedding days, we look to the yeah. future with optimism and joy. I had my own vision for a brighter future. I was like, whoa. All right. Whoa. The genocide is showing okay. up. Uh, this is getting bad. Yeah. Um, yeah anyway. to, bring, to bring this up on the man's wedding, too. Let him enjoy it. Always. Okay, literally. He yeah. didn't even go on a honeymoon yet. Yeah. He's trying to take over the world. Yeah. Let him go on his honeymoon to Ember Island and in a week you can tell <laughs> him his plan then. Like the the yeah, you don't need to tell him the day of his wedding. Like it's oh. just like oh, yeah. the room. Have a cookie, yeah. he says. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if Roku was just like, no, have a cookie. Uh please. Please uh calm calm yeah. down. Um, anyway, so Sozin like pulls him aside. Uh, Sozin says like, Hey, uh, yeah. Like, Hey, it's time to, um, it's time to like, think about like, I don't know the rest of the world or whatever, like what my, what my vision is. He says like, okay, I'm destined to be fire Lord. You're destined to be avatar. Like we know each other. We can do anything together. And like, as soon as he said that says like, we can do anything. I was like, uh Oh, this is this is not going mm -hmm. well. Roku senses it too because Sozin starts saying like a bunch of nas nationalistic things. Like mm -hmm. our nation has unprecedented time and peace of wealth. Uh, like our people are happy. We're so fortunate. We should share this with everyone. And I was like, uh oh, yeah. Like, I agree with everything until you're like let's go ahead and colonize yeah like even as a kid so the first like the first episode it took me a while because i was a kid that i realized that like oh america is as bad as the fire nation was the headband when they were doing the pledge of allegiance and i was like oh we're the fire nation but this mm -hmm. was the second time that like when he said share our prosperity it just made me think of like we need to share our democracy with everyone. And it's like, ooh, wait a minute. Wait, we justify it in that way. Yeah. Big yikes. Yeah. 
Uh, Zach, are you excited that you're Canadian? Um, <laughs> as bad as we are. I mean, look, uh, the first nations of Canada. I don't know what exactly. to tell you about that. <laughs> yeah, I've talked about that on the podcast with like yeah. residential schools and stuff. And also, mm-hmm. Canada follows America into a lot. Not to get political, but <laughs> yeah. Canada does a lot of what America does too. They're just a little more subtle about mm-hmm. it. So. A lot of this, the military industrial complex runs rampant throughout our world and the Avatar world, sadly. See, but I want to have the one place I can point to as like, oh, that's the good place so that I can like at least know it exists. (laughs) This is the bad place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pointing to America after watching Avatar. Like, (laughs) Avatar accidentally radicalized an entire... Literally. Literally. and it, and like I am happy that they talk about these things and they yeah, like for sure. yeah, they they like mention this and yes it's a kids show but like Roku has like some great points he's like no the nations are meant to be separate yeah. I mean he like says the four nations are meant to be just that four better line than what I said but um yeah like he says like yeah like people are meant to you know be separate and instead like Sosen just cannot get that out of his head uh he just decides like this is what uh I want to do um mm-hmm. yeah it it is it is frustrating uh that Sozin decides to just do his own thing um but good on good on Roku for you know saying yeah, no for sure yeah. yeah yeah um anyway we get back uh and we see uh, a scene a scene change uh many years later uh and we see as uh Roku's going to an earth nation uh like dock uh island or whatever Instead of seeing an Earth Nation city, he sees a bunch of smoke with a Fire Nation sign over the Earth Kingdom symbol. Um, that yeah, shot, I, yeah, it gets me that every is a, time. That zoom from the tiny gate and the music and going up, I'm oh, it gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, and we get like the full Fire Nation like propaganda music, like the whole orchestra backing it. It's Oof. really epic. Yeah, we get the whole like evil turn here. And then the scene that we get in the confrontation between Roku and Sozin is so great uh, Mm -hmm. because like Roku immediately from seeing this barges in to the throne room and he says like, how dare you occupy this territory? And then Sozin turns it around and says, how dare you address your fire Lord this way? And they start like getting at each other. Like they're in each other's faces Sozin says, uh, your loyalty is to our nation first. Anything less makes you a traitor. And I was like, they're about to throw some hands. Yeah, I, I thought this scene was uh, quite cool. I, Zach, I'm not sure that we're going to rate this as a battle. Do you agree? Uh, we don't have it's an epic scene. It's probably my favorite scene of the episode, but I don't think we're going to rate this mm. as a battle. Great. Because I think like it's not really a battle. Uh, like yeah. what's, what's about it's to so happen. Short. Yeah. Is like kind of a fight. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I think that, that if we rate it as a battle, it would undersell how good of a scene it is. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we see and also, like, yeah. oh, go on, Lauren. just that like the, the throne room doesn't look familiar to us. And it's probably <laughs> because it was destroyed. And then they built the throne room that they have now. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, you yeah. think they have better security. They kind of just let Roku, like, not necessarily he is the, the crap avatar, out. To be He's the avatar, but, like, they kind of let him, like, oh, almost yeah. beat up on Sozin a Where little bit. Where are his bit, guards? Right? Why doesn't he have yeah. guards in his throne? Yeah. Room? 
That's yeah, that's what I was thinking. The next day, Sozin got guards. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. He hired some the next day. Literally. Nice. Yeah. Sozin was like, hey, maybe I shouldn't let the Avatar come and beat me up with no one around. <laughs> Uh, and leave him on a little post. He says like that he's sparing him, but he leaves him up there. Who got him <laughs> down? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, that's a great point because like, you know, before this, maybe there was like an Earth Nation person that was there who could have gotten him down. But now that he's occupying them, like there's no way that they're going to get him down. They're going to leave him up there. So. Oh, that is a question that I had. I've, I've always been confused about it. Um, when I was younger, I thought that that throne room was like a little you know, royal place that he had in the colonies. But now I feel like that's just his throne room in the Fire Nation. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's I, I believe. But, but that was always confusing to me, just the way that it was cut together. Yeah. No, I think like what, well, I mean, he does have a dragon. So I think like probably he like, he was like at the Earth Kingdom city that was like occupied. And then he like flew to and the throne room okay. and was like, cool, cool, cool. was like, yo, uh, don't do that again. <laughs> um, anyway, but it's a lot more cool than that. I should probably give it more credit. Yeah. So Sozin, like as Roku's turning around, Sozin like sends some uh, like fire at his face. Uh, Roku then like disappears. Sozin's like looking around, and Roku just like bursts from the ground from beneath him, uh, <laughs> which like leaves Sozin completely uh, you know unprepared. Roku delivers like. A, a very strong blast uh, of air that like sends him into the gates. And then he like earthens a pillar and leaves him up uh, using his robe to pin him to the ceiling. And then he destroys the entire throne room uh, in anger. Like that's crazy. Uh, that's like, that's very, very impressive bending that we see from Roku. Obviously he's the avatar. Uh, obviously he can do a lot of cool stuff, but I did like, the absolute sheer force that he had here. It just like reminds you like, yeah, Roku's very powerful. Yeah. The bending here is amazing, but also he has a gangster ass threat here too, where he (laughs) tells, he tells Sozin even a single step out of line will result in your permanent end. And that's just like, it just gives you chills. My bad. Like he's really going there. He's real willing to take this guy out. We also, in that shot, we get a really close-up of his face to where you can see, like, his, like, facial muscles, uh, I mean, his animated ones, obviously, like, uh, (laughs) move around as he's saying that. Yeah. I thought that was was quite cool. Um, Then after that, we hear that apparently Roku just, like, did his own thing for uh, a quarter of a century. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) He spent 25 years chilling on an island, uh, Roku's island. Um, Honestly, and yeah, goals. He was just, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, I mean, is there not like other stuff for him to do? I, I mean, I, I'm sure he was like keeping balance and and doing Avatar okay. stuff. Like there, there is a lot of we we hear a bit about it in the Kyoshi novels, just kind of the day to day, week to week Avatar stuff, like solving quarrels or talking to diplomats or so like yeah he was probably doing something but probably also like laying low and because sozin yeah i guess sozin didn't step out of line in all that time so like there weren't any like big global conflicts probably so he just was like doing minor stuff i'm assuming this is my assumption. yeah I, I think you're right lauren yeah that's that's uh probably right 
Uh, I think it's more funny to just think that he just like sat there for twenty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so much better. <laughs> that's just hilarious to think about. You're right, Jacob. Yeah. Starting a family. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, so then like so they're sleeping. Uh, Roku's like very old. Like you can tell he's mm-hmm. like a very old person now. Yeah. Uh, and then we see like this loud noise. Uh, and as we see like essentially like uh like. I don't know, like catapulted like fireballs like falling from the sky. Uh, and we realize like it's actually the, the volcano is just like uh, erupting massively, tons of smoke and ash. Everyone's starting to get out. Uh, Roku's like leading people away. Uh, yeah, we, we start to see him go away, uh, like lead people out. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was like a little bit weird uh, to like have happen. I don't know, like. I get that like there has to be some sort of uh, conflict between Roku and Sozin. I just feel like having it be a volcano like didn't make a ton of sense because it's not like Sozin mm. planned it. Um, I hear that, but Sozin, as we'll see when we get there, like he do- he really had the option to save him, you know. <laughs> like, and it does kind of make it nice that at least Sozin didn't like deliberately plan a murder of like Roku, you know. But like. Yeah. He- he let it happen and like i don't know i'm just surprised yeah. an avatar can't like take down a volcano like a volcano is that powerful that an avatar yeah. can't stop it because like we've seen kiyoshi like separate continents like avatar oh i bet kiyoshi could have stopped the volcano but <laughs> anyone else i don't know maybe maybe because even ang had the whole village to help him like that's the only way yes. he, stopped. he wouldn't have been able to do it by himself he had the whole village true like oh. Also, that volcano was way more tame. Like this volcano, especially, yes. is like going crazy. I think that they're and it was actually further away and like smaller. Yeah. This is like yeah. his island is the volcano. So like, yeah. it's right yeah. there. It's like really like big level of volcano. Uh, so it does yeah, seem like it'd sure. be quite hard. He does a lot of really impressive stuff though. So like, as Roku's like uh, you know trying to stop this, he like. He takes a ton of earth and he just like moves it all at once, mm. creating a gigantic wall uh, for all of the lava to flow into. Uh, like this, this was pretty impressive. Like he does yeah. seem to divert a lot of it away. Um, later, he seems to like, uh, you know, blow some air uh, mm-hmm. to like get it to cool. Like he's, he's doing a lot of stuff right. Uh, Aang even says at one point, like, this is great. Like you're battling a volcano and you're winning. And it's like, yeah. yeah like, yeah. It does seem like he was winning uh, against the volcano. Yeah. Um, I guess it was just the poisonous gases that really got to him. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, they keep like spraying up in his face and he keeps yeah. like air, trying to airbend it away. But it's like obviously making him cough and like uh, and yeah. battling him quite a bit. And he's so uh, old, too. Like, even though he's still mm-hmm. strong, like, he's an he is an old man. Like, that takes its toll on your body. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe if he's not 100-something years old, he is able to beat the volcano. So that's true. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I also mm-hmm. really appreciate that he, like, t- tries to get his dragon out of the way. He's like, no, like, get out of yeah. here. Like, I'm fine. And I really like that, like, at the end, uh, we'll see, like, the dragon comes back to, like, yeah. to, to be with him. Like, that moment... Yeah, I thought I thought that was sweet. I I like seeing the connection uh, between yeah. them. Um, anyway, so we see like Roku still trying to beat this uh, to beat this volcano. 
And as we're seeing that, we see Sozin appear, and he says, like, need a hand, old friend. Uh, and Roku seems pretty surprised. Like, my guess is they hadn't talked in a long time, maybe mm-hmm. even 25 years. That's what they uh, say. Maybe? I think the narration says, like, they have they didn't speak for 25 years. Mm. Mm. There you go. So they had didn't talk, but Sozin's still there, uh, ready to try to uh, battle back the volcano. Um, they do really impressive bending. Like, I, like it's not yeah. probably worth going beat by beat, but it is just really impressive here. Uh, Zach, does anything stick out to you as uh, especially cool? Yeah, at one point, Sozin's like bending the heat out of the top yeah. of the volcano. I don't know how to describe that, but he's just like that, able to it. like bend the heat out of it, and then it like cools, but then instantly more lava yeah. comes out. I, but. I feel like that's how like you know that it's not air and like smoke. Like I agree, I think it's the heat. That he's bending, mm-hmm. yeah, and that makes the, it firebender a bull. <laughs> like, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a really unique application of firebending that I don't yeah. think I've seen before. So mm-hmm. that stood out to me for sure. Same. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely true. It's almost like the way he's doing it is is similar to how people like lightning bend, where like they take it mm. in in one side and they like channel it out oh, through their yeah. body in the other. Yeah, I thought that was like it. Kind of looks similar, like the motion that they had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a very cool application, uh, literally cooling application of. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- thank you very much. Uh, I thought that was funny. I will. I will uh, always give a reaction to bad jokes or puns <laughs> or like but bad oh, jokes. I, and as soon as I said that, I was like, "Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh man!" Anyway, uh, you know what I mean. I will always give a reaction to puns. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so Roku, uh, they're running away from this uh, this toxic gas that's that's uh, you know getting all around them. Uh, they keep trying to, or like Roku keeps trying to like airbend it away, but it really is just like uh, coming too quickly. Uh, Roku's able to get Sozin out of the way, um, but the gas is just like it's too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the the gas is like overcoming. Uh, Roku like falls down. Uh, he hand he like sticks out his arm. Uh, he even says please. And Sozin has like a full Bond villain turn here, mm, where he mm, says mm. like, uh, yeah, like he's. I, I believe I don't have it written down. He said, exactly, I, I so. think it was a uh, get Shreked. I think that's. What <laughs> Is that? I think that's a direct Shrek? quote. I'm that's not completely. <laughs> yeah, that, that's also what I had in my notes, Zach. Uh, I actually, you, agree? I, you know what? I actually have the direct quote oh, here, but get Shrek. Oh man, I did not think. We, okay, what, what's the actual you. quote? The actual quote is, "I um, without you, all my plans are suddenly ah, possible. I have a vision for the future." Mm. And with that, he leaves on his dragon and leaves Roku oh, to die. And you know what sucks? Roku saves him in this, even on the volcano. Yes. He actually is about to fall. And then Roku, one last time, saves him and like lifts him up he, with like, a little bends ledge. The ledge. Yeah. yeah. Like the way Toph yeah. saves people all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yes. Toph, that's like a classic Toph. <laughs> MVP. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's a lot of moments here where like if one thing changes, the entire Atlas universe is so different mm. because like, you know, Roku could have taken Sozin out uh, in their fight in the throne room. Like, uh, yeah. Roku could have not saved Sozin here. Like, uh, yeah, lots of different moments. But, yeah, what we get is Sozin uh, is going to peace out on his dragon. Uh, Roku is now surrounded by this poisonous gas as it, like, builds a cloud around him. 
Um, and yeah, we see the last thing we see is uh, Roku's dragon circle around him as the gas completely envelops him. That's mm. the last we see from Roku. Uh, then the next thing we get to is a really bright screen, a baby crying, <laughs> and we see Aang. <laughs> Aang with hair as a baby. Uh, we know that Aang doesn't like his hair uh, nowadays, but as a baby, he had a full head of hair. Yep. Also, um, I've I've discussed this a lot on my Kyoshi live streams. Oh, plug! I'll probably plug plug this again. I read a chapter of the Kyoshi books on TikTok Live every week. Um, but when does Rava's spirit transfer to the next avatar? Like, is it the moment they're born? Is it like how does that work? And like, is it that Aang was literally born the second that Roku stopped breathing? You know, like when does that happen? How does that happen? I don't have answers, but I have questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great question. It's not super clear, I think. Yeah. Um, I always just assumed it was what you said, and that, that as soon as Roku stops breathing, Rava just instantly Like, whoop, whatever airbender baby, baby is about to pop out. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> that was always yeah. my head cannon, so I don't know. I mean, that's probably the way I would have thought about it as well. Uh, I mean, it makes the most sense. Like, it goes yeah. right from, like, one being to another. Maybe it takes, like, a few minutes uh, mm. for the spirit to, like, go from yeah, maybe you know, she Roku's Island. The world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, you know, she, like, checks out some sites, like, goes and sees the walls of Omashu, goes and, like, looks at the <laughs> northern lights, and is like, all right, now I'll go. But, uh, yeah, yeah, probably something like that. She has time. Yeah. She's got yeah. time to kill. <laughs> I mean, she's got 16 years before it's revealed, so why not kill a few okay. minutes uh, <laughs> to see in the world? Um, anyway, so then we see Sozin. Uh, Sozin now, like, full uh, evil energy says, like, uh, yeah, with Roku gone, uh, there's a comet returning. The timing is perfect. Uh, and so now he says, okay, the next avatar is going to be an air nomad. So I wiped out the air temples. Uh, and then he says, but somehow the new avatar eluded me. Now, Lauren, you mentioned earlier that you weren't sure. Uh, yeah, like we like were, I'm, I'm trying to see what we were talking about. Yeah, like, is it that, you know, they wiped out the air nomads and then looked in the water tribe and never found another one? Because also, if they killed the avatar, I don't know how many people know about the like dying in the avatar state thing. Maybe that is knowledge among the sages or something. It's possible. But like, I don't. I. I just don't. I'm not sure what their game plan was, and also how he knew that it didn't work, because, and, and that. And but then we were talking about how Iroh says like your father and your grandfather and your great grandfather all searched. <laughs> so like, did they all like keep searching? And like, were they just trying to find an airbender specifically? And then my brother was like, what if Monkey Yatsu was like, you are too late. The avatar isn't here. Like, did that happen? And so that's how they found out. Like, I just have so many questions about this. And I'd love to hear what you guys think. Jacob, you said you have a theory. I'm interested yeah. to hear what you guys yeah, so, so in one of the first episodes, I, I think it might be, I can't remember if it's actually the Boy in the Iceberger episode too, but like mm. with the first time that Aang like does uh, Avatar stuff, we see like a bunch of different things from all the different nations like light up yeah. and we see like uh, a big event happen as this happens. My guess is that Avatar births and deaths have something to do with this that like when one avatar dies and the next oh. one is born, we have like the fire temple and the earth temple and all the air temples, like yeah. all of these places that have holy sites for the avatar probably get some sort of signal. That's my, Maybe. that's my guess. I really like that. 
That's a great theory. I like that. I'm going to just subscribe to that. <laughs> like and subscribe. Right. <laughs> like and subscribe. Link, link in bio. Uh, <laughs> all the rest. Yeah. I, I think that that has to be the answer because otherwise, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make sense why they didn't uh, go to the water tribe. And they um, kept searching. And we were also, um, oh, what was it? We were saying that, like, maybe. Because for them, they're winning the war, whether they find the Avatar or not. So it's kind of just like a side project, maybe. Like, <laughs> like we're doing just fine because no one's... Because you, you would think if the Avatar was still there, they would have come to, like, fix it. But since no one has shown up yeah. to take on the Fire Nation, maybe they're just assuming, all right, we're good. Maybe we'll send out another search party. And if nothing happens, that's fine because we're still winning the war. So I don't know. Very... Yeah, interesting. And also, I I also want to you know put some Ozai hate in here that I fully <laughs> believe that he sent Zuko deliberately on a mission that he could not complete. Like he oh. did not intend for Zuko to actually find the Avatar. Like that wasn't even like oh, and if he does, that would be great. Like he was like, this is impossible. I don't want him to ever come home. Like that's <laughs> my headcanon for Ozai because I hate him. <laughs> that is for sure right ozai was like oh yeah go ahead and find the avatar like best case you do it and worst like uh expected values like i never see you again like, yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah ozai probably was like uh it's a little bittersweet the avatar is dead but now i've got to hang out with my uh my lame son again <laughs> oh my gosh oh, so sad. <laughs> that's depressing uh, i mean he doesn't like him he burned no, his face last you're time you're right you're saw. right he openly it's despises true. his own son it's true yeah, yeah. You're which is exploring more in the search highly recommend anyone who hasn't read the search go read it yeah that that is one that i have read i think between between zach and i we have the things covered nice (laughs) i think so yeah i've read that kiyoshi novels but honestly i gotta reread all of them they're so good maybe i'll tune into lauren's tiktok lives so yeah Yeah, because i'm not done with shadow and i i don't read them ahead of time like i read them for the first time on the on stream like halfway through yeah just so that the reactions are like actually genuine (laughs) yeah that's so funny uh makes yeah. sense uh but anyway so so uh sozin likes uh leaves his uh like last confessional and saying uh that the fire nation's greatest threat is the last airbender and zuko is like a little upset he's like all right this can't be the end of it he probably should have tried to put it on the lantern in case there's some hidden <laughs> ink on it just there in case. it is um, you never but- know <laughs> instead he goes and he confronts uncle iroh he's like uh hey like uh well, yeah, this was very funny. He says, I found the secret history, which, by the way, uh, should be renamed history, which people already know. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible name. That's like a very Sokka joke, too. Like, uh, Also, yeah. like, bold talk for someone who didn't remember how Avatar Sozin <laughs> died in the first place and had to ask Azula. Actually, True. it's possible that he did remember and was just double checking, but for it feels like he didn't remember and was asking Azula. <laughs> yeah, so it actually should be called The History Which Azula Already Knows. There it is. <laughs> That's the proper title. Nice. Um, anyway, so then, uh, like, Uncle Iroh, like, really slow rolls this. Lauren, you're right. He does, like, the drama because... Uh, like Zuko's like he was alive and Uncle Iroh's like no he wasn't uh, <laughs> yeah like just say that's the wrong great grandfather but no <laughs> yeah your father's grandfather <laughs> exactly yeah but he's like father. you have more than one great grandfather Prince Zuko and he like really slow rolls that we even have like a little bit of a reveal right before um, yeah. anyway 
Then Uncle Iroh explains that the the struggle between his two great-grandfathers will help him understand the battle within himself. Direct quote, actually, by the way, Zach. I did write that one down. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, and... It wasn't just get shrecked again. <laughs> get shrecked. <laughs> Uncle Iroh says, unless you understand this battle, you will get shrecked. So <laughs> the world will get shrecked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, he says that he needs to uh, understand this. Uh, he has to bring balance to the world by understanding this, uh, like this yeah. tension that's within him. I really like this this line. I did. I I kind of noticed here that this is not the old actor. Uh, like I feel like the season oh, one like speeches that Uncle Iroh had hit so much better. Mm. I, yeah, I I never noticed, but but no, go ahead. I felt the difference, too, to be honest. I feel like mm. Mako's voice is so distinct. He was also the voice of the antagonist in Samurai Jack, and his voice is so, I don't know, unique, oh. I suppose. So, yeah, mm. I noticed the difference, too. Whereas, like, this is Greg mm. Baldwin doing the acting uh-huh. after Mako died, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, rest in I peace. I bet if I, like, real. listen, yes, rest in peace. I, I bet if I listened specifically for it and, like, mm-hmm. did some back-to-back, I'd be able to hear it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it, he really does a, a good job. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I think that, you know, it doesn't like take anything away. It's just like that little extra. Yeah. Oomph. Uh, and I, I thought this was a really cool moment. Uh, Uncle Iroh says like, Hey, this is a Royal artifact. It's supposed to be worn by the crown prince. The same thing that was said earlier. Where was he keeping it though? <laughs> Where, how did he sneak it into prison? I, Ha, huh? Don't they search a, you when you go to the prison? How did what? I got I, I an eighteen and up theory that I don't know if I. Want I know, to share, so do I. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why. Where I think else? Like, is, there's no other option. I'm sorry. I think I know your eighteen and up theory, but I have to say the thing looks pretty pointy. Are we sure that that is the correct theory? <laughs> exactly. No, like this is. No, I don't probably like it. not. <laughs> oh, and yeah. also. Can we please talk about the cinnamon topography, which is how I say cinematography, um, in this scene? Because literally, at a certain point in the scene, every shot of Zuko, you see the bars in front of him. And every shot of Iroh, you don't see the bars in front of him. And it brings you to the question, who's really trapped here? Like... Wow. I feel, and I, I did not have that realization by myself. I feel like that was in a Tumblr post that I read years ago. But like, isn't that incredible? When you rewatch it, I thought it was every shot. It's not. It, there's kind of a shift, like at some point in the scene. And there's also some interesting zooming and zooming out. And also the bars of the um of the thing. Sorry, when um when he says your father's grandfather, the bar <laughs> is covering his face so that you only see his scar and then it slowly moves so that then when he says your mother's grandfather you just see his not scarred face and like that's just such an interesting detail Ugh, they really wow. the animators in this show i i don't even know man yeah they're amazing honestly and i did not think of that bar theory that you're talking about but that makes a lot of sense yeah like it's yeah, just a little is- detail like a visual thing yeah. yeah, that is an absolutely, uh, like, a great thing to point out. I wonder if we go back to the other episodes, like, before, if mm. uh, Zuko's also, like, behind the bar, if it's Uncle Iroh here, because 
Yeah, that is a great way to tell the story. It's like it's so cool. Yeah, we kind of realize that Zuko is actually the one that's trapped, and apparently Uncle Iroh can like smuggle stuff out. He can smuggle <laughs> okay, stuff in. can rip himself out of the jail, like just break out. Like he can do whatever he wants. He's chilling so, because he wants to. I actually yeah. have a question: Is this the same royal artifact that uh, Sozin gave to? Okay. Yes. How, how did Iroh get into possession of this? Literally, that's my other question. How did Iroh get it? And because we see it fall to the floor as they're evacuating. Yes. Um, yes. And my brother was saying that it would have been such an interesting story if um, if his wife had held on to it and passed it down the generations and Ursa gave it to Iroh mm-hmm. to like give to Zuko because she has to leave. That didn't happen canonically because... It, it fell on the floor but that would be cool but like it fell on the floor so how did he get it like maybe yeah. there was an archaeology dig or something some archaeology students like uh yeah. went and dug it out they're like oh this is kind of valuable let's go give it to uncle <laughs> yeah. ira because to but, be fair um, it's been like you know a hundred years but like still. yeah we, we actually we had that question from john who, who did ask like how did this happen he like had the whole paragraph that was like this could not have happened uh like <laughs> The, where's the plot hole? But anyway, archaeology yeah, like dig you know, is my only valid theory. <laughs> archaeology dig, indeed. John. The Fire Nation yeah, School yeah. of Girls for Boys just had a field trip <laughs> and went on an archaeology <laughs> dig. So funny! <laughs> <That's really> funny. <laughs> they had a field trip, and some random student came across oh it. God. That's my head cannon. Man, <laughs> there we go. Our, stu- our stupid jokes are my favorite. I love oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then after we get all of that, we go back. Uh, yeah. So we have Uncle Iroh has like given this to Zuko. Zuko's like, uh, you know, sitting with all of this. Uh, we go back to the team avatar uh, and they're kind of recapping the story uh, a bit. I, I feel like uh, Toph really has missed the point, though. Uh, <laughs> Toph says, like, it's like these people are born bad. Like, I don't think that's the point of the story at all. Of course. But I, I think it's valuable to have someone say it so that then we can rebut it, you know, because then Aang's yeah. like, no, that's not the point. So, like, someone had to say it and yeah. it didn't sound too out of character in Toph's mouth. So, but I but yeah, I, I agree that it's like, no, that's literally not <laughs> the point. It's the opposite I, of the point. I, I guess I just kind of like when Sokka says stupid stuff, because I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Sokka does something dumb. like, yeah. uh, And he really does hate the Fire Nation more than Toph does. So that actually yeah, might have been more in character for Sokka. Yeah, true, true. Sokka despises mm-hmm. them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so then, yeah, we have this uh, story where Aang really like summarizes it pretty well. Uh, yeah. I think, like he says, like, uh, you know, everyone's worth giving a, uh, a chance. Uh, it's about friendship. Uh, people are capable of good, great and good, evil. Lots of like big themes. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> Not a, I think uh, it's such a thesis of the show. One of the things that I love about the show is how they humanize the Fire Nation, even in the beginning, honestly. Mm-hmm. And like throughout the show, we see these like random Fire Nation like soldiers or random people that are like clearly just doing their job. Like obviously they're doing horrible things, but like they're not evil people inherently necessarily. And like, and especially with the headband, like we get to meet all those kids and like painted lady, like especially book three, we get a lot of this, but I love so much how they humanize the fire nation. And it's not like they're all evil. And that's why we have to fight them because life is way more complicated than that. And when you do that in a kid's show, it teaches them nuance in a way that's like so accessible 
and mm-hmm. like and also and not in your face but it just kind of makes them internalize that the world is nuanced and that mm-hmm. nothing is like black and white it's just it's brilliant i i love this whole scene yeah yeah i i agree like i really do like that we spend the time with the characters we give them like personalities we like make yeah. the bad guys interesting and like yeah. we like azula is such an interesting character and even though yeah. she is like bad to the core like there's so many cool parts about her that like for sure we kind of are rooting for her at times like same thing with zuko like we get so much story in season one even when he's the main or one of the main bad guys that now that we're in season three his character is so much more involved like it really has so much depth and it makes the rest of the series work so well um but before we get to the like summarizing too much we also have to have one more uh silly joke where uh toff says do you think friendships can last a lifetime ang says sure Sokka's like does a well actually we don't know that and guitar is like oh Sokka, just hold hands uh and so funny ends. and also the this- way that he goes to hold her hand is such a funny <laughs> avatar animation moment like they mm-hmm. they sneak those in there throughout the show and that made me laugh so hard as a kid and it still makes me laugh it's hilarious yeah fast. yeah yeah the animation like the funny animation moments are so good like last week in the beach there are so many that oh are just, my like, god funny yes. funny great moments but yeah yeah and um, also um about the friendship thing like if we want to talk about Toph and Aang to take them as an example, like next generation, Lin and Tenzin, or even mm-hmm. Lin and like Korra, and like Korra and Suyin, and Korra and Opal, and like Korra even meeting Toph, like those friendships really did last a lifetime, both in like reincarnation and like children, and like it's so it's so true and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it, it is cool to see these connections and like to have uh, this episode, which really does show like, yeah, things are connected. Like there are ways that, you know, Zuko has been connected to Aang the whole time in this, like yeah. the parallels that we've been drawing, like even in season one, uh, like when they were like had such similar stories in some of the episodes, like the storm comes to mind. Uh, like it, it does. It makes it a lot more meaningful, I think, to have these yeah. moments. So I really do yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, And um, it wasn't until this last rewatch that I, I don't know why I never realized this, but I didn't realize how much of a setup this was for him joining the gang. I like, mm-hmm. but, but also the gang accept, a- accepting him. Like I always understood it as, you know, he realizes that he is also like a nuanced person and like to question his like fire nation identity and good and evil and that kind of stuff. But it, I didn't realize it also prepares the gang to accept that the fire nation can have good people in it and i feel like without this backstory it might have been a lot harder for them to accept zuko and i just i never put together how important this was not only for zuko but for the gang to set up for western or temple yeah i i I think i've probably underrated that myself like obviously this makes a lot of sense to be like how this set zuko up to uh like ultimately join team avatar but I hadn't thought about it the other way around. Yeah. Zach, had this had this occurred to you? Uh, no, honestly. But it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Um, but also, this is an uh, episode of Avatar that ends off happy. Uh, we don't get yeah. a ton of those. So I think it's worth, uh, you know, at least Especially in book that. three. True. Know, right? We get a lot of dark <laughs> endings to episodes. Facts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, that is our, uh, you know, recap of the episode. Lots of, lots of good stuff going on in the episode. Yeah. I really did enjoy it. Uh, 
Zach, what are your overall thoughts on the Avatar and the Fire Lord as we shift into uh, episode rankings and whatnot? Yeah, initially I was a little down on it because like the cross cutting at the beginning, I didn't love. But after talking it through with you and Lauren, I think I'm a little higher on it than I was Yay. coming into it. You guys have made me appreciate <laughs> it even more, especially that final scene you're talking about. Uh, I, I think you're right. That's a very powerful scene. So I love this yeah. episode. It's pretty good. I do, Are we going to drive dive right into our ratings here? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, let's let's get into it. Uh, it's definitely helpful to talk about the episode overall. Just to set things up, we rank the episodes between zero and four cabbages. We get my score, Zach's score, the listener's score, and our guest score to get the official yeah. Aang in their score so we can rate the episodes. Uh, Zach, you want to start us off with the your episode ranking? Sure. I'm going to give this a 3.5 out of 4. Initially, I was at like a 3.1, 3.2, but now mm. I'm going to bump that up. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I think this is a really solid episode. The storytelling is impeccable. The animation is amazing in this episode. They really like the foreshadowing they do. The music's on point. Everything's solid about this episode. So overall, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 4. Solid. Yeah. Okay. I mean, good episode of Avatar. Lauren, do you want to go next? I, hmm. I'm so bad at um, rating and I was trying to think and I'm trying to compare it to like your guys's other ratings and um, this it's just so I'm a sucker for backstory and world building so I feel like for me I'm feeling 3.7 3.8 maybe I'll I'll give it a 3.75 okay that's what I'm gonna give it you're actually uh, pretty close in line with the listeners. The listeners hey. are at three point seven one. Wow. Uh, we had a few people that gave this straight fours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Literally, my boyfriend has a tier list of every mm-hmm. episode, and he has this as S tier. And there, there are like a significant number of S tiers, but he's very picky with them. And so the fact that this is an S tier is like very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I. I ultimately like. I. I kind of agree. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I, I, this is like a pretty good episode. I'm not sure if it's like all the way to S tier if it's A. Like I don't I think know. For Maybe me like, personally, it's A tier, not S tier myself. Okay. But yeah, that that's yeah. That's, I was uh, on the fence, but after yeah. watching it and taking notes, for me that bumped it up to like the bottom of S tier. You know, like there are definitely yeah, yeah. other S tiers that are like better, huh. but like I feel like it's it's on the cusp. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I, I'm going to give it a 3.7. I think it's like an A, uh, an A episode. Like this is a great episode of Avatar. Uh, I I do think like the work that this does for the rest of the series is so important. I think the episode itself, like if I just watched this episode of TV, it would not be an A. But just mm, like knowing okay. all of the connections and all of the work it's doing for the rest yeah. of the series, really, like you have to give it credit because. It's not a boring episode of TV, and it does so much of the heavy lifting uh, to give us, like, you know, a, a journey for Zuko and a journey for Team Avatar. Yeah. Uh, that's going to leave the episode itself at a 3.67. Uh, we really haven't had too many bad episodes uh, in book three, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Season three is, and we're going to keep having good episodes. Oh, I feel it's like. only going to get better. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, season three has some high highs, I feel like. It's almost like we're watching a good uh, a good series. We keep giving <laughs> them high scores. And every week and every week I'm like, this is like, did we deserve these high scores every I week? But, uh, I think it does. And this is the highest uh rated episode of season three. So three point mm, six seven so narrowly far. beats out the beach. <laughs> so far. <laughs> very Ooh, very it beat true. the beach. That's interesting. 
I was a little bit higher on the beach myself, personally. Mm. I think I gave the beach a 3.8. I love the beach. It's one of my favorite episodes of season three, for Same. sure. It beats the beach narrowly. The beach is a 3.64. So really, uh, uh, okay. you know. Hundreds. Yeah. We're, we're getting into <laughs> to small differences here. Nice. Um, now we'll get into some listener feedback. A few questions that we hadn't hit on already. Uh, first question from Professor Strunk. He says, why did Roku have to battle the volcano? Why couldn't he have just fled and protected the rest of the villagers? Yeah, that was an observation that we had yesterday. <laughs> what, like, I understand, you know, the trauma of losing your home. And, like, I don't understand it. But, like, I can understand why you would try to save your home. But yeah. if you're literally dying and also you have a flying dragon, <laughs> like, do your best and then be like, oh, no, this is too much. Yo, Fang, get me out of here. Well, by the way, I didn't realize his name was Fang. His name is literally Fang. Like, <laughs> Hagrid's dog Fang. Yeah. Fun fact. Um. But yeah, so I, I fully had that same thought and question, like, why did you not leave? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I do not have a good answer. Like, <laughs> at, at the point where you can see everything's destroyed, like, you got to just yeah. dip. Like, yeah. there's no benefit to staying around. I just don't get it. Zach, anything redeemable about trying to fight it? Or is it just... No, nah, I think Professor Strunk is completely correct. They, he should have just left on Fang and had a couple more years with his wife living in like, a <laughs> yeah. happy life. Right? Like, it's yeah. just so much better. Um, yeah. Also, then, like, maybe the comet would have come uh, since then and Sozin would have to wait, like, uh, mm. and not be able to take over, like, the Air Nomad so quickly. Like, it really would have maybe. had some pretty big ramifications. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I guess kind of an important mistake here by, uh, by him. Uh, John also asked, he said, uh, like, we've been talking about, like, the head headgear quite a lot. Uh, John's question was about the, uh, the what's it called? The headpiece? Yeah, the headpiece. I was trying to think of the name for it. Anyway, he says, uh, like, is there a person in your life that you would give your headpiece to? Uh, and he wants to he wants to know about that for us. Uh, Zach, do you have anyone that you'd want to give your headpiece to? I'd probably give my headpiece to my younger brother. I feel like he's a really good okay. kid, and he's just a really intelligent and a nice guy, and he's growing up pretty well. He's just turned 18 not too long ago, so oh. yeah, I'd give it to him. It could be a nice birthday gift. Birthday uh, head head gear. I don't know. There's going to be a better way to call it. but <laughs> A birthday head piece. Birthday yeah. head gear. <laughs> it sounds like you're getting braces or something. Know, uh, Lauren, who, who would get your head piece? I would also give it to my brother. He's my older brother. Um, yeah, because he was my first and closest friend. And he's awesome and I mean, I, I guess by birthright, he should be the crown prince anyway. But if we're just talking about your equivalent <laughs> of, you know, that something that special. Yeah, I would definitely give it to my brother. Nice. All right. Well, I was going to have a different answer, but I don't want to be left. No, no, I'll also no, give it to my brother. <laughs> uh, my brother's five. He's adorable. He can have my headpiece. Oh, uh, nice. There you go. I was going to say my sister. So it's not that far off. Oh, perfect. But, there you but, go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I'll be I'll be a part of the crew. Okay, <laughs> <So> last wholesome. <laughs> last question. Uh, this one is primarily for Lauren. Which Avatar character would be the best on TikTok? 
Ooh. Why did Sokka go to my head? Um, I, it's interesting because, no, here's actually, I, I do have an answer for this. TikTok is so incredibly different for every user because of mm-hmm. the way the algorithm just, like, predicts your every move and thought in life. Um, but because of that, there are also so many different corners of TikTok. So if we're talking about, like, the dances, like, I feel like that's a Ty Lee area. But, like... Yep. Um, the cabbage guy might like do some conspiracy theory stuff but like Sokka is like trying to like he's using the popular sounds to like make memes about his whatever or maybe Katara is like I don't know sharing some information about like a hair tutorial I don't know I've just figured that out Um, and like Toph would just like be ranting like just be completely you know just those weird TikToks that make no sense and have like no context and <laughs> And she would talk, I don't know, um, and then like make some kind of joke about how where's like the post button and things like that. And like, (laughs) yeah, so I feel like honestly, because TikTok is so diverse in terms of its material, I feel like everyone could be a TikToker in a different way. That's a very cop out answer. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're making a good point. I think maybe the more interesting question might be who would be the worst. And now I'm thinking of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like May would be really bad. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she just wouldn't care. Like Azula would like, you know, either she be the, really good. She would go viral and then she wouldn't and she would be so mad about it. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if there's like even a way to buy followers, but she would either like. She would uh, try. <laughs> yeah, she would either like buy followers to be the most popular or like. She would blackmail burn. like the creator the, the i don't yeah. know whoever the ceo she'd like blackmail them oh into my. making her go fire whatever the opposite of shadow banning is uh, yeah. <laughs> she, would, she would make that happen literally uh, um anyway <laughs> all right well there you go um cool yeah that that's all that we have for you this week uh thank you so much for writing in uh you can always write in avatar at post show recaps or tweet us at post show recaps Oh, wait, sorry. Avatar at postshowrecaps.com or tweet us at postshowrecaps. Yep. Um, cool. That's all we have for you this week. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Thank yeah, you Thank for you so much, me. Lauren. You were oh amazing. Thank you so no, much. This literally not only made my day, but made my however long it's been since Jacob asked me to join. <laughs> um, like, I, it's been so fun listening to the podcast and like, and also just thinking deeply about my opinions about all of it and rewatching the episode. Like, this is exactly the kind of nerd stuff that I love. So I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're we're honored that you came on. Like this really was uh, an absolute dream to have this uh, <laughs> oh have this happen. So thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, where can people keep up with all of the cool stuff that you're doing? Yeah. So TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, it's all Lauren Hi'ilani. That's H-I apostrophe I-L-A-N-I. There's no apostrophe if it's TikTok or Instagram. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't do a whole lot on Instagram, but yeah, that's more just like me as a real person doing life things. <laughs> Whereas like TikTok and YouTube is like avatar and like memes and like, you know. <laughs> so if either of those things sound interesting, check it out. Yeah, I cannot more highly recommend the TikTok. If you like this <laughs> podcast, you will love the TikToks. Uh, so definitely check those out. Uh, Zach, and I just you- made a playlist. Um, oh, sorry. I, I finally yeah. made a playlist of my like avatar videos. So now you can see them all in one place. 
That is true. It'll it'll even be easy for you to look at. So you really have no excuse. Definitely check those out. Uh, Zach, where can people keep up with stuff you're doing? People can keep up with stuff I'm doing on Twitter at ZachMohammed32, even though I kind of have nothing going on. I'm like the anti-Lord in that regard. <laughs> no, no creative projects or anything that like so that. That is so valid, but, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Then where can people find you, Jacob? People can find me on Twitter at JKRedman. Uh Cool. That is all we have for you this week. Again, this has been so much fun. We'll be back next week to talk The Runaway, uh, Season 3, Episode 7. Until then, see you next time. Peace out. Thank you for having me.